Tonight, did Shane Mumford cross the line with his buddy Franklin Sledge as the Giants flex their finals muscles? How Jared Hayne went from heaven to hell's angels. Ricky Stewart says Mick Ennis's behaviour not to be applauded. I beg to differ. The Shark Star is our special guest. The changing of the guard at the US Open. Keep your eyes on the ball. We'll be kicking all sorts of goals on the back page live. <laughs> Wanted to run around in the baggy green. Want to be on TV shows like this where we can have a laugh. Never ever give up. They think women are strong enough, but we just beat the world. Their six is a goal. I got punched in the back of the head regularly. It was just unfortunate it was from a coach. Yes, hello, buddy, and welcome to the show in footy finals mode. Uh, we've got great stuff to get to in every code with Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock. Hello, welcome to both of you. And on this side, Jill Schiller alongside James Hooper. Again, gentlemen, hello and welcome. All right, look, let's begin with something we can all celebrate. It's simply the joy of sport. And this little kid at the MotoGP is feeling it with every fibre of his being. I think that's like Bruce McAvaney watching Cyril Rioli. <laughs> uh, that could be a young Bruce McAvaney. It's just beautiful. All right, it's something we can't all celebrate. Uh, Greater Western Sydney are a game away from a grand final after a brutal beating of the Swans in Saturday's historic All-Sydney final. Turns out they didn't just beat them physically, with Shane Mumford sledging Buddy Franklin uh, on mental health. The former Swans ruckman spoke today. Yeah, I, uh, I gave Lance a call before um, in relation to the, my comments on the weekend and, and just gave him a, a phone call to apologise uh, if I've overstepped the line and um, he's, uh, he's taken my apology on board. Um, uh, yeah, obviously with it being such a, mental health being such a serious issue, um, really probably not a, uh, a good choice of words by me, um, but he's, he's taken my apology on board and he's uh, happy to move forward. Um, yeah, from where we are now and, and focus on uh, our relevant games in the next coming weeks. He's a good man, uh, Mummy, obviously played with Buddy, played with the Swans. He's done the right thing there in apologising because it is a place he probably shouldn't visit on the field. That's right. Look, it wasn't vicious, but it did have an underlying theme designed to, I guess, hurt Buddy Franklin and stir him up, which is yep. what he was trying to do. We all expect sledging at the elite level. Um, some are better at it than others, but I think he overstepped the mark there. And as a club, you pull him in, you ask him to explain himself, and then you say, look... A bit of a warning, and I think the best thing that you can do is apologise to him personally and then do it publicly, and that's exactly how they handled it today. Nice rivalry, though, isn't it? How much of this stretches back to the fact that Franklin basically squeezed Mumford out of the club? You know, is, it, is that the, the, the key story here? Oh, I'm sure that's got something to do with it because Shane Mumford left the Swans as a result of Buddy Franklin coming and they couldn't afford him, so then he ended up at the Giants, which is his, his third AFL club. But didn't that game ignite a rivalry? Yes, Shane Mumford overstepped the mark. So did Stevie J. We'll talk about that shortly. But what we've seen as a result, they just beat your Swans, Tony, at their own game. They bullied them. There was it was absolutely brutal. <laughs> yeah. There were cut eyes, cut cheeks, broken bones, mm. concussions. It was a final that had 
absolutely everything. No, it did. The, the Swans lost. It didn't have absolutely everything. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting because the Swans got beat up in the 14 final against the Hawks. Now they've sort of got beaten up again by GWS, and it was a very spiteful game. So you've got to see that blood's culture the Swans have. Will they bring that to the game against Adelaide? Because they have got roughed up in a few grand finals and finals recently. They haven't won a final since that capitulation in 2014. They went out in straight sets last year. And that's what they're facing this Saturday night. They're, sure, there is a bit of pressure. Uh, they're on a pair. It's like that. They're walking out to the crease. But they will... Why are you so excited about the prospect of them going <laughs> it's out It's finals straight time. Sets? No, I just enjoy a great game. And it was, a, it was a brutal contest. Because you did. I mean, in terms of sensitivity or insensitivity, Kelly Underwood, you did send me a text during the <laughs> afternoon on Saturday. And this is just rude from a friend. Oh, oh, Go Giants. <laughs> At that point, I sent back thugs because they were being brutal. Uh, and then, then we get this. There's a big, big sound from the west of the town. A saxophone, a premiership trophy from a person who claims to be my friend. And barracks for the crows. Exactly. <laughs> that is very personal. I'm glad you didn't send what happened later in the night. Well, well I did. <laughs> yeah. Did you get a bit of a Five, five Gs <laughs> into club. Exactly right. Exactly uh. right. But, you know, they, they were the Swans, were certainly beaten by a, a better side weekend. Well, they were very intimidating, GWS. Yeah. But just on the flip side of this sledging debate, Kel, yep. you know, the Swans clearly preempted that they were going to target Lockie Whitfield. They were vocal about it in the paper. They intended to really attack him verbally. So, look, call me a little bit of an old-school dinosaur. I think it was right on the borderline what yeah. Mumford said to Franklin. But, gee, in a high-stakes game when there's so much on the line, part of me crash just feels like... What happens on the field should stay on the field. And you never hear winners whinge about sledging. No, exactly. I, I like the way that, frankly, except here's the Giants. I mean, this is party time, isn't it? But uh, I tell you the vibe I do get in the AFL, are people begrudging the fact that the Giants could win it, the words, too early? Like, well, they you... feel uncomfortable about it, don't they? This oh. young team, everyone seems to be, no, 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 it's too early. Well, do you, I, do you I, get that vibe? Have you seen the Terminator movies? In the Terminator movies, the people like fun Skynet and create this sort of supercomputer that eventually turns on everyone and destroys humanity. The Giants are a little bit like the Terminator and the AFL. The, the AFL have just pumped them up. And now they're the, they've got this... They've got full of first-round draft picks. And they could just turn on the rest of the competition and crush Victorian teams for a decade. Hawthorne are the John Connor in this story. Will they make a stand in the preliminary final? Well, the good news for all those people who aren't so supportive of the Giants, I guess, is that it's a concern for the Giants is Stevie Johnson. Now, of course, he misses the qualifier after not missing Josh Kennedy at all. This is part of the brutality, uh, Kill, that you were saying how much you loved about it. But there was a lot that was going outside the letter of the law. Yeah, and that is, isn't it? I mean, he is very, very lucky. Two down to one, of course, it's September, and this is what happens. A uh, little bit of a double standard, I think, when it comes to the tribunal and the match review panel. Lucky just to get one. Two would have rubbed him out of a possible grand final. Eye off the ball, goes through the contest, takes out their best midfielder. You can't do that. Is there also an issue when you're talking about GWS about where they will play that qualifying final, given it will be back at their home ground, which holds what, a capacity of 24,000? It is. It's, it's like moving your 21st from a pub to your parents' courtyard because you know no one is coming, I think. <laughs> it's a little bit like that. The problem is with GWS, if a popular friend like Hawthorne turns up to the party, yep. uh, your parents' backyard is too small. Mm -hmm. So I think that game should be at the SCG. If Hawthorne has 75,000 members, 
there'll be at least three or four of those who will travel. There's probably another 5,000 Hawthorne people like me who are in Sydney who will want to go to that game. So if the Swans have to move for 12,000 people, the GWS should at least move for 10, which it'll be... Oh, look, I can see both sides of the argument here, but the, the question is, if that's 24,000 fans at Spotless, a sellout for a preliminary final, great vibe, good atmosphere, as opposed to going over the road to ANZ for, what, an extra 5, 10, 15, you've still got a half-empty stadium. You know, I, th I think people in Melbourne don't realise yeah. a sellout at Spotless in Western Sydney is just a massive tick in Sydney. Well, I've only done it once in five years. Yeah, yeah. that's it. It's yeah. not the equivalent of 100,000 at the MCG. I love the Spotless idea. Because I just think, like... When Brisbane were on top with the Lions, they didn't invest in it. They didn't nail down those fans. They got a chance here. They may cost themselves several hundred thousand dollars, but you're nailing down a support base for the future. And you're declaring in Sydney a sellout for a final in yeah. AFL. I mean, that's that's money can't buy that. Yeah. Who will you be supporting in the Adelaide game, Adelaide or your other team, GWS? Got to be your Swans first. Just interested. Okay. Right. Geelong, of course, they'll be happy enough that they're at the MCG. Although they would love to be at Geelong, their home ground. But given it was the venue for their amazing win over Hawthorne, uh, Hawks usually win these. Jules, your team, uh, mm. and this. Isaac Smith pulls it to yeah, the right. Yeah, we've seen this. Yeah, I've got it, look, only 15 times I'm going to show it. <laughs> um, look, I, I think a lot of Hawthorne fans were just worried that they wouldn't have another finals campaign in them. So if you're the rest of the competition, you know that they are up for a fight. Hawthorne lost that. Geelong did not win it. If you're a Cats oh. fan, uh, they completely fell apart in the last 60 seconds of that game. Hawthorne did everything they needed to win, and Isaac Smith, probably realising that it's not a good idea to have another bye, uh, that it's best to go into a grand final with, <laughs> with Match Harden deliberately kicked a point, and uh, Hawthorne are back on track. Oh, you can they leave put now. on the biff and it didn't work, and you know that, Jules. Luke Hodge just went off tap, didn't he? That was a shocking captain's game from him. I, I think... What's your comment on that? Come on. Oh, I want to be disappointed. The, the Selwood brothers basically rushed, roughed up Lou Todd. They're the scariest brothers in Australia since the Daddos. <laughs> <laughs> what about Isaac Smith? There's been a bit of debate, a bit of controversy and, and talk about the image of him as he lined up. Now, he, there he is. There's a lot of pressure. Big grin. And then he comes in and misses it. What was going on? Well, this is a very outgoing, confident young man. So you would have backed him in. And he's a beautiful left foot kick as well. But he has mentioned today, or the club has, has spoken about the fact that the field umpire was just saying, listen, Isaac, the siren has gone. So whatever yeah. you do, don't play on. And yep. that's why he was smiling to say... I, no. Yes, yeah. I'm with you. So I, I understand the situation. Yeah, I heard the siren. Yeah. As if he needed to know that. No shit, the siren has gone. <laughs> Everyone's lying on the ground. <laughs> Supporters are up. We just had a huge noise. <laughs> yeah. Did it put him gone. off? No, of course it didn't. All right, uh, let's move on. Last week, Jared Hayne was preaching to us about how he and Jesus deal with the haters. This week, he's been uh, keeping very different company. Caught getting loose with an accused Hell's Angel standover man. Where does this fall on the stupid scale, Hoops? Yeah, it's probably a 9.5 on the on the Richter tone. Look, a little bit of a storm in a teacup in terms of... Oh, I don't think I have that much of an issue with it. Jared saying today that he didn't know this bloke prior to the actual videos on Snapchat being shot. But certainly, when it comes to the pitfalls of social media, we see time and time again... and. The players should have learned from Corey Norman earlier in the year. and That video that did the rounds in relation to him, you've got to be so careful when it comes to that sort of thing. What, yeah, to reckon... getting it out there or to actually establishing, if you don't know him, well, maybe I shouldn't be hanging out with you in the back of the car and dancing with some bloke you don't know? I reckon it's more just the fact that letting people who you don't essentially know overly well film footage of you on a video phone or any sort of camera. 
And if you're going to do it, we've talked about this many times. Stop it with this. I reckon the public's off, Hayne, because they find him a bit of a phony. They can't work out what he is. Now, when I see that, I see a bloke who's either naive or a bit arrogant. I mean, a hell's angel who's up on these charges, you don't sort of run into him in, in, in yeah. routine course of life. I reckon that's really poor form. And the jury's still out on him at the Gold Coast, I tell you. Like, everyone says, oh, great signing. They're a bunch of scrappers who, who stayed together and eked away and suddenly the butterfly floats in. Honestly, that could end in tears it that way. It feels like we talk about Jared Hayne every week on this yeah. show, yet not much of it is what's happening on the field. I yeah. think that's what you mean by people are getting Well, well people can't relate to... Do you know who he is, Hoops? Do you know the real Jared Hayne? Look, he walks to a different beat. He really is a unique individual. You don't see too many players who are prepared to take the style of risks that he was when he went over to the NFL, when he had a crack at sevens rugby, as fleeting as it was. Do I know who the real Jared Hayne is? Well, I know that he walked on the wild side a little bit as a young kid. Remember, he got yeah. shot at in King's Cross. Yep. He learned some valuable lessons out of that. So this latest video to emerge, I actually see it crashes more of a storm in the teacup. So I do disagree with but you in that sense. But it's not a good sense. look, is it's it? It's not a great not a look, look, but is it is it a front-page massive... You know, yeah, I saw it on the, the way that it's. The, the, yeah, the <laughs> hey, way that she was going to say beat up, and you realised it was your paper. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, uh, sorry about that. <clears throat> You're always judged by the people you hang out with, so and I mean, what hope well, have I got? Well, he's saying today that he didn't know this. He did not previously know this he is. bloke. And, and can I say for the record, I think that Hells Angels guy is a very nice gentleman that I'm sure has never done anything wrong. So just, <laughs> just in case uh, <laughs> he's watching. Actually, Mick Ennis is our special guest. Now he'll join us very shortly. Uh, we may get round to chatting about the reaction to his celebration of the Sharks' win over the Raiders. Some have claimed, specifically uh, Ricky Stewart, that he was mocking this terrific celebration. There it is at the end of the game where he goes across. Look at the fans in the background just lapping it up. They're loving it. Isn't that what's <laughs> good about it's, sport. I love the fact that he's mimicking a celebration that Canberra is mimicking from Iceland, who's mimicking yes. it from Motherwell in Scotland. <laughs> so don't mimic people who are mimicking. <laughs> they have, they've claimed ownership of it, haven't they? But is it you know, again, is this a storm in a teacup? I was talking to Anthony Minicello, who won a premiership under Ricky Stewart at the Roosters in 2002 today, and he said this is classic, sticky, playing a bit of siege mentality. They've lost in a real nail-biter against Cronulla. They were expected to win at home. They've now got this massive game. All the pressure's on them. Penrith are coming down, uh, and they need to win. And so Sticky, he just knows how to create this really siege ush against the world style of scenario, and that's what he's up to. And he's the deflection king, isn't who? he? Ricky Take Stewart. that back. He is a deflection. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love it, and I'm not saying it because we've got Mick coming on, but that's great. That's personality. Oh, yeah. it, well, the, everyone at the Broncos was laughing their heads off yesterday, saying only Mick could do the most blatant piss take of all time, and then an hour later say, oh, no, it wasn't taking... No, no, I, that was to our fans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can't wait to get him on. And tonight, Mick has to take the truth serum and, and, and own up to it. Well, the other Sharks were yeah. involved. They may well have done it to their own fans. We saw after yeah. the game, they all go across, and you know, they, they were nearby, and Mick just got a little bit disorientated. and <laughs> know exactly where he was. It's, it's a great celebration, though, isn't yeah. it, when you it hear is. the Raiders fans? And no accident it's good in Canberra, because uh, we know Vikings like frozen wasteland, so... <laughs> <laughs> It was an incredible win, though, for the Sharkies. They played. They should have been down by 20 at half-time. The Raiders came on absolutely powerful. The Sharks came back, and Mick Ennis had a great game. So you can understand that kind of reaction at the end of a game like that. You can understand why it was so emotion-charged, yeah. Tone. That is up there, equal of any performance from the Cronulla Sharks in the last 50 seasons. In terms of 
courage crash because no Paul Gallen, their captain courageous, is ruled out on game day. Then the stand-in captain, Wade Graham, he goes down seven minutes, off with a head knock, can't come back. Then Shane Flanagan, the coach, makes the brave call to replace the halfback, Chad Townsend, with 20 minutes remaining. Yep. It was a phenomenal performance, among the bravest in Cronulla's history. Yeah, it was great. Look forward. Mick Ennis will join us uh, very, very shortly. All right, north of the border, James Roberts was set to face the judiciary uh, tonight for his subtle boot into Ryan Simpkins' back. The Broncos, this is it here. Nothing to see. Uh, (laughs) They're going to wait till tomorrow night because gun lawyer Nick Gabar... He's available tomorrow night, not tonight, so they're hanging around. Gee, he's got to be a very, very good lawyer, you would imagine, to get him off. Jar Jar Gabar's got a phenomenal strike rate. He got Jack the White. NRL judiciary. He got yep. Jack White off recently. He got Justin Hodges off in grand final week, last end of the last season. He got David Clemmer off the referee touch when they were supposedly yep. having the referee touch crackdown earlier in the year. He has lost a, a couple of notable cases, Wade Graham, in State of Origin, but he has got a good record, Kel. I just think when your defence is, he didn't kick him that hard. <laughs> in a bit of strife, you know what I mean? Like, if that's not one week, uh, if that's the best you can come up with, then Robert says, I just can't remember it, to be honest. Like, that's a bit thin. Mm. I think he's in The Robert Adlonby defence. (laughs) (laughs) No memory. It's such a a lottery down there at the moment, though, NRL headquarters, when it comes to fronting the judiciary crash. crash. There's no way I thought Jack Whiten was much chance of getting off. I thought at best a downgrade. But then when I sat there and listened to the evidence... It was a no-brainer. He was always going to walk away. Yeah, and that's, of course, for a huge game, the grand final replay in Townsville against the Cowboys, which would be an absolute brilliant game of footy. Crash, your campaign, though, for the Broncos, it's over. Fighting amongst themselves now. I have to see this vision here. Uh, Josh Maguire. What's going on? Just look, look at this. Don't like each other. Pushing. Look, I got another punch here. Yeah, well, it was a full contact session, and I've got to say this, Wayne Bennett will be far less stressed over that than if it was blokes were skylarking. He actually doesn't mind that sort of stuff. Yeah. Got to say, Hoops, I don't know where Josh Maguire's head is at the moment. He uh, Yesterday at the media session, he said, I don't even want to do this, and he, quite clearly he was really intense. I reckon on Friday he's either going to have a blinder against the Cowboys or a shocker. But earlier in the year, since that rat stuff came out about him allegedly leaking stories, uh, the blokes who cover the round closely have said that something's changed with Josh and... Uh, He's an interesting, you know, interesting story at the moment. But I didn't mind that at all. I don't think, oh, Broncos in crisis. How often does that happen behind closed, you know, footy sessions? Yeah, that's just a light brouhaha, Tony. Yeah. You want to see that amongst your players. It's more of an imbroglio, at, at I this think. time of the year. Is <laughs> <laughs> it a dichotomy? Want, if they're not doing that sort of thing at this stage of the year when the big end of season games are here, then yeah. you're probably not in the right mindset. But in relation to Josh, I think you're right, Crash. I do think that that, uh, that rat story from earlier in the year, that rattled him a little bit. And, look, we'll know on Friday. I'll tell you what, I've seen him play some big games on the big stage. So I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and goes, as well. Lots to like about the Young Panthers at the moment. They were terrific uh, against the Bulldogs, who of course had faded at the back end of the season, but usually reserve something for the finals. Uh, this sets up a great game again on Saturday against the, the Raiders, but Josh Mansell was outstanding. They're Across the board, they're so exciting to watch, aren't they? Absolutely sensational, Tone. Mansell, here he goes oh. again, was, was unstoppable. But the similarities between uh, 1991 when they smashed uh, that premiership drought and won their maiden title. They've got a teenage halfback in Nathan Cleary, fresh out of high school. Back then they had Brandy Alexander. Yep. They're both wearing the number seven jumper. Then you've got Bryce Cartwright in the number six jumper, the grandson of one of the founding fathers of the club, the founding father of the club, Merv Cartwright. So many brilliant subplots. Crash, what I enjoy the most is the style of footy that they are playing. Mm.
Yeah, I'll give Anthony Griffin a, a rap, the coach who came from Brisbane, who just said, you blokes want to trip the light, fantastic. Do it. We'll tackle hard as well. But he's... Penrith suits him. I always thought Brisbane was a bit big for Anthony, like just the lights, camera, action. Just out of the, out of the spotlight at Penrith, he's loving it. Mad Monday uh, costume drama continued, uh, but with nothing offensive from the Bulldogs, although Sammy Perrett showed plenty of skin. Who, who is he supposed to be? <laughs> it's The Rock. It's he's meant to be The Rock, the wrestler. The rock. Is, that or doesn't the look out of place at The Rock. Did he engage in some kind of contact with The Rock during this? He did. Apparently, he flicked out a tweet to uh, uh, The Rock, and, and The Rock responded and no. said, Love your work, Oos. There it is. Killed it, Oos. Even got my ink down. So Sammy went and doesn't normally spot any uh, body ink, but he's gone and got a couple of uh, mock-up tats done and away he went. Brilliant. All right. Uh, other Mad Monday, although it wasn't Mad Monday for the Cowboys, Jason Tomalala. Now, he says he owes the club a huge game after being charged with willful damage. This, of course, is off the back of the famous egging. Just him and a couple of teammates hanging around, nothing to do with four dozen eggs other than throw them at cars. So can you just clarify, this isn't a junior team that was involved in the egg? Oh, no, this is the senior so, team. So how old? They're, they're men. Yes, up 12, 13. Professional athletes. <laughs> Come on, as long as they're free range, it's all right. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the cage stuff. Kelly's right. Like, of, of all the things that we have to explain, you know, you have Mad Monday and all this, this one's totally bewildering. I mean, midweek... 10 o'clock, preempted, going, buying the eggs, yep. getting not just each other, but five cars. You know, like it could only end in trouble. It's totally what beyond makes it. a grown man and an elite athlete think, let's go and do this. Do you know what? I've asked about five people the same question up north, and no one could come to the answer. They always say, oh, mate, you know what it's like? No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Bob Hatter said he ate the Beatles. Yes. That was my favourite. What did he do? Dack the Rolling Stones? <laughs> it chews your targets, the Beatles. Exactly. I mean, the Bay City Roll is OK. Yes. <laughs> Bob Cutter also I just hate young people being picked on all the time for being stupid and irresponsible. That's what young people are. I love that quote. I love that quote. Brilliant. All right, believe it or not, uh, it's a year since Jared Hayne was dominating the media with his exploits in the NFL rather than hanging out with bikies. But I've decided the only real interest we have in American football now is when things go horribly wrong. In the past week... There have been plenty to choose from. Have a look at these few. Now, first up, how, how to butcher a certain touchdown. Look, uh, I got the ball, I got the ball. I ain't got the ball. <laughs> Just right. no apparent reason, uh, down it goes. This is kind of footwork and a little bit slippery here. He takes the ball. <laughs> well, <laughs> once he's down, that's it. He can't go up, get up and run forward. How would Hayne feel watching this? Yeah, yeah, well, superior. <laughs> <laughs> this is the coach. Have a look on the sideline. <laughs> that's your coach. That's, that's your catching coach, ladies and gentlemen, right there. The fundamentals of being a quarterback are being able to throw the ball. <laughs> Here he goes. And oh, it's raining. Yeah, it is raining, exactly. Yeah. Last up, though, this is the mascot, always the mascot. Oh, no. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, I love it. This one, though, this isn't exactly a howler, although Pittsburgh Steelers Antonio Brown might argue because he's been fined $12,000 for twerking. This wow. is for celebrating in a sexually suggestive way, Jules. I think three cheerleaders just got pregnant watching that. <laughs> <laughs> what would Sammy Thido have got for his Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Stan Vavrinka has uh, won his third Grand Slam title, beating world number one Novak Djokovic at the US Open. He's the oldest man to win the US Open since Kenny Rosewell, who uh, I think he's 31, but he is 
in great form, isn't Pretty it? Pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah. How uh, Tennis has done a complete 180. 10, 20 years ago, it was all the teenagers coming through, but Angelique Kerber, 28, and Stan Vavrinka in his late 20s now as well. So three slam finals for Stan and uh, three wins all over world number one. So it's a great result. He was so nervous in the locker room beforehand, Tony. He was sitting there with his coach, Magnus Norman, and he just started crying five minutes before they introduced him out onto centre court because the moment was so big for him. Wow, and yet he managed to contain that yeah. and perform that way. It was uh, He was able to just grind out the win against Novak Djokovic. And Brilliant. Djokovic well, controversial. Yes, very controversial, as he does tend to when he gets in those positions where he's losing. Some criticism for delaying tactics. He took time out to tape his toes. Uh, <laughs> Look, I don't know if you agree with me, boys, but I just find him so hard to like. There's various reasons over the years, but this is blatant gamesmanship. I mean, John McEnroe was commentating at the time. He said he is abusing the rules here. Two six-minute medical timeouts within three games of tennis. Yeah. And then magically bound it up when uh, when he needed to and played perfectly. Yeah. yeah, it's disappointing, but good news is he's been scouted by several Italian soccer teams, so I feel like great simulation. John McEnroe had a great tournament too for abusing players in yeah, commentary. He, he, was he doesn't fly. miss, does he? Absolutely. Andy Murray uh, bowed out earlier than he'd have liked, obviously, but uh, we do have the reason uh, he hurts butterflies. Oh. And look... Look at that. Uh, we can show you the result of the swipe. Oh, can you imagine oh. Kyrgios in that moment? Yeah, exactly. Slings the bejesus out of that butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> Bring up a sexual history. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. try, trying to get away with that butterfly. Uh, Angelique Kerber jumped to world number one, then won the US Open to celebrate. Just feels so strange, Kel, to think that Serena... Uh, Williams isn't the number one play in the world. No, she bookends the uh, Grand Slams, wins the first this year and then wins the last. She made the final of three and plus a silver medal in Rio. So that's, uh, that's not a bad year for Angelique Kerber. And I guess that she's actually doing her compatriot Steffi Graf a favour because Graf and Serena are locked on 22 Grand Slam titles each. So when she's winning, it means that Steffi's not... Uh, rather, Serena's not. But Steffi Graf did send her a text message uh, before the game to say good luck. Yeah, well, well played her. If you know about Djokovic and you lose, people forget you so quickly. We'd like to welcome those of you who watched Stan Wawrinka defeat Jovak Nokovic for the U.S. <laughs> Open Championship today. Uh, good thing uh, Henri Leconte wasn't placed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we really wrong. We'll come Michael Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Another world number one, oh. Jason Day, would seem to have an easy enough name to get right, but no. From Australia, Jordan Day. <laughs> you know, it could have been worse. It could have been the Miss America pageant or Miss USA or Miss See, what a good man he is. He is. What a good man the reaction to that. Yeah, great. Absolutely likeable. It's a bummer that his back's gone again. All right, still to come, Mick Ennis joins us. The Wallabies finally grab a win and Michael Checker should sign him up now. The man-child turning rugby into 10-pin bowling. Yes, the men's 4x100 relay team won the Olympic gold medal in Moscow, but Norman May won our hearts with his passionate call. The great man passed away on Sunday, aged 88. Crash, that quickly turned into gold, gold, gold over the years, didn't it? It did. It changed. It was initially a radio call, and they put it over television, but 
And the majesty of it was he knew what the four swimmers had to do to win gold, but you could tell him he was getting progressively more shocked throughout the call, as in, hey, they're going to win this. Of course, we hadn't won a gold medal for eight years, but he was a great character, Tone, full of... and could laugh at himself. Famously, yep. he had one eye after losing an eye as a six-year-old with a bow and arrow accident, and yep. when people call him a one-eyed caller, he'd go, no, I'm not, and he'd go, actually, you're right. <laughs> and he'd pull the eye out and drop it in his beard. Drop it in the beard, that was the famous Yeah, and, and they'd go, you know, people go like this, and he'd go, oh, I am a one-eyed caller, you know. But he was just a great old-fashioned... Spent a lot of time with the athletes after dark, picking up the nuances and stuff. Uh, mate of mine Having who, the occasional drink as well, uh, let's yeah. face it. <laughs> well, a mate of mine who went to his house, opened his fridge, and there it was in all its, all its glory, just a meat pie and nothing else. <laughs> That's all it was. Single guy, wedded to his craft, but, you know, had a... Uh, he was sort of Bruce before Bruce. I think you could say that. Yeah, so yeah. passionate, so passionate about it all and terrific. Loved his rugby. At least he left after a win for the Wallabies, uh, breaking their six-test losing streak. They beat South Africa on Saturday night. Hoops, this is uh, at last we've had a win. It's been a shocking uh, turn of events so far. Awful start to the year for Michael yeah. Checker and the Wallabies, but this was a little ray of hope, perhaps, or yeah. how do you see it, Crash? Oh, look, two desperate teams and the most desperate one. And look, all, you could see the stress falling off their shoulders as they left the ground. But I've got to say this. This Saturday night against Argentina, a team we would normally routinely beat, they frightened the All Blacks, Argentina, at the same time, just before this test was on. That will be a heck of a test. They are quick, which we're not. And they're big, too. They the pa- was the pace of the game a bit of a worry? There seemed to be <laughs> yeah. a lot of stoppages. Oh, jeez. Oh, I've got to say, watching it at home, it, it, it's so many... Like, to see a scrum so... reset for the fourth time, yep. you almost fall off your chair when there's so much pacey entertainment on other Fox channels. There, there really is. It, the pace of the game is a worry. It's really Absolutely. under the radar, this, isn't it? Because this is happening yeah. in the... You know, it's the finals of the footy code and, and of The Bachelor as well, which is... But, you know, when the spotlight was on the Wallabies with England and New Zealand, they had those sort of horrible losses, and now they've won. It's hardly... It's hardly mentioned. I mean, it's, it's well into the sports section, isn't it? Well, well, the saddest indictment out of that match was the crowd tone. It was a really poor... 30,000. Yep. And that's about Broncos versus West Tigers, you know. So they, they need more. Need more. All right. New Zealand, of course, uh, the rugby continues to dominate. Even in their domestic competition, they come up with new and clever ways to score points uh, like this. Now, you come along, you see someone in front of you. Uh, whoop, uh, straight over the top. <laughs> Why does that not happen more often when teams can... are close to the line? You can headbutt your testicles. It doesn't look that easy to do. <laughs> That's true. Like, but you know when there's these yeah. driving malls close to the line and mm. players are there, we must bounce it off Mick Ennis because we could be onto something for him. Well, it happens in the NFL. They do that kind of stuff, yeah. stuff a lot. Look, you don't have to jump over them. It's much more fun just to go straight through them uh, like this kid. Now, this is in uh, the US. Uh, now, he... Oh. <laughs> like Nelson in The Simpsons, oh. he can... <laughs> he goes back round. Him out. Yeah, he is. He goes back round. Look up. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's funny, and then another way. It's not. It's scary. It, uh, it is scary because <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> the rest no, of the actually, it's not. It's just funny. <laughs> but a lot of people tell you that's what junior rugby is, mm. a, a lot, and that's what scares off a lot of kids. Just that big bopper who just destroys well, everyone. You that's why more it's going to weight divisions for kids. Yep. as yep. well, because that kind of thing can happen and put you off the game completely. It makes me laugh, though. All right, Michelle Payne has made her comeback 
from that horrific injury, but will it be enough to get her back on board Prince of Penzance for the Melbourne Cup? Uh, Kel, what have you made of what's gone on? I know there's a movie being made of her, but the drama has all happened after the it Melbourne is, Cup. It's been bubbling away under the surface, hasn't it? Look, first of all, great to see her back in the saddle facing her fear. She is just one tough cookie. She's desperate to ride the Prince uh, in the Melbourne Cup. I, I think the owners' hoops have been a little bit harsh on her. I mean, the main owner in particular who has spoken publicly and said, well, we want you to retire because of the nature of your injuries. I mean... She won a Melbourne Cup for them. She won them a lot of money and I think they probably could have treated her or could be treating her with a little bit more respect because she is desperate to get there. Well, no two ways about it. She won them $3 million, Callum. When you look at those horrific injuries, they were shocking. So the cup weights were released today. I think Prince of Penzance will run at 56 and a half kilos. It made a good return at Flemington on Saturday, ran fifth in the Maccabi Diva Stakes. So I don't think it's entirely the red pen through it in terms of Michelle potentially partnering the Prince. It'd be a fairy tale story if it can happen, but still she'll need to continue riding strongly on the provincial scene and whatever crack she can get in town. All right, to cricket, uh, the enigma that is the big show, Glenn Maxwell, was spectacular in Sri Lanka, smashing T20 records. Still not in the, uh, the one-day squad crash, but, gee, when he hits it, when he's on song, it's ridiculous. He is, uh, but it's a fascinating story for the selectors to drop him for the one-day series in South Africa or to exclude him. I actually like it. He's been drifting for about four or five years, and, yeah, there's two of these thunderclap innings and everyone just falls off their chairs. But in 50-over cricket, I think in his last seven innings, he's had one score over six. And some players you've got to do this to. And, this, and you've just got to say, you know what, we want more from you. You're drifting on the field, you're drifting off the field, you've been floating for four years... Fire up. And he has. But two innings doesn't make a player. Like, he's better than that. He should be a really outstanding player. And he's not there yet. All right. He's, uh, as you said, he's not going to be there for the one-dayers. Still a great player to watch, though. Who'd have thought? Plans are underway for a telly movie based on the life and times of Mr Shane Warne. This couldn't possibly work, could it? <laughs> I know. I'm disappointed. I had my telly movie of Grain Yallop rejected. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Laird. Not enough into Bruce Laird. <laughs> Carl Rackerman. <laughs> the miniseries got rejected. So, oh, this is ridiculous. I mean, Warne is... Uh, I don't think you can... I mean, I, with Molly, I mean, he's, he's sort of at the end of his career without being disrespectful. In excess, obviously, lost Michael Hutchins. But Warne still... We just I mean, saw him... at the end of his career. He retired years ago. I know, but I... I I feel uncomfortable. And who would you get to who, play yeah, warning? Yeah, exactly. Who and, would play him? And imagine the warnings at the top. This program contains nudity, drug use, diuretic <laughs> use, sex. Bottles <laughs> 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 from the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't his, his life is a reality TV show. <laughs> Anyways, it's his birthday today, by the way. Oh, happy birthday, oh, warning. Yeah. Yeah. No the thing for me is, like, everyone says, oh, about his relationship with Liz Hurley. But I'd love to see Warney really open up about why he fell out with Ponting, Way fell out with Gilchrist, Stephen Moore. The three really complex and interesting fallouts. Wait, back up, Sparky. That's what you want to see in the miniseries. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm not interested in, in the relationship. Body line. Yeah. You're not interested in the relationship. Liz Hurley. No. Oh, actually, I am in that one. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the Socceroos start the World Cup qualifying campaign. It's just been uh, just about perfect. Now, Timmy Cahill did the business as usual, coming on to pick up the winner against the United Arab Emirates in a very warm Abu Dhabi. But it's that cross, isn't it, Jules? Brad Smith, he was uh, he's on loan from uh, Liverpool. Uh, he's a great player, and Timmy Carl did it again. Tough conditions over there. Uh, great win in the UAE. It's good to get an away win in the Middle East. 
hard for the Salisbury drinks afterwards. Uh, not so great for the pub crawl, but great win. Uh, and they're a great team, UAE. They did well on the Asian Cup. And they beat Japan. And they beat Japan. So that is a really good win for the Socceroos. Yeah, it sets us up absolutely beautifully. As you said, Abu Dhabi, it was about 37 degrees at kickoff. Uh, Ange Postacoglu, super coach, he was showing a little bit. As you can see here, uh, the wet T-shirt competition going beautifully for him. <laughs> Just getting sweatier and sweatier. Oh, wow. <laughs> as, as the evening went on. Right. Any more C3 would have been publicly executed. That's a pretty tough one, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. There is somebody. He's not alone. And I don't mean him being executed. I mean the, the, the T-shirt competition. This is from 2011. Espanol striker Walter Pendiani. And he struggled during a press conference, just going in fast motion. The shirt's cut pretty good there. It's just starting to... Oh, okay. The questions must be tough. Got to love Rabona. <laughs> Dimitri, Dimitri Payet's Rabona was a gem. This is, it's a kick. This is him playing for West Ham. How good is that? Little there it is. It, it, it spins it and that kick as a cross, and in it goes. It is interesting story because uh, when he did that Rabona, <laughs> just always sounds beautiful. Um, and it was a great pass, and West Ham were two 0 up. Watford, the team, was so incensed. They saw it as a sign of arrogance and the fact that he didn't respect them that they went and scored the next four goals and won that game 4-2. So it's a great party trick, yeah. but um, but it set it really set their sort of desires going. De Rabona definition is, does mean playing play hooky, so I guess. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. Spanish term, play hooky, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, not so graceful as that uh, from a Puerto Rico FC defender in the North American League, as you can see. And he comes and I'm going to get this. Oh! oh! Yeah, Kel. Need a spatula to get yourself out of there. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Which, oh. as you'd imagine... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Was Kel's idea. <laughs> Brings us to this week's top five moments. The post got in the way. Brought to you by the new Holden, Colorado. Let's start at number five. Why wouldn't we? We start, look, with another footballer, as you can see here, using the same area uh, for breaks. It was on the other goalpost, though. Oh, do we really need to see five echoes? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, number four, Lee Matthews famously snapping the behind post. And I don't know what he's done to the umpire's foot at the same time, but uh, it's a beautiful combination. Professional. Big Lee. Absolutely. Out of bounds on the full broke post three. Kevin Horry Hastings, this has got to hurt. He's going, oh! Not a lot of padding in those days either, hoops. Minimal. Yeah, in he comes and Bang. smash. Do love it. Number two, uh, look, there are many hidden dangers uh, being a touch judge in rugby. Uh, flag goes up. You <laughs> 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 just concentrated <laughs> on his job. I love it. But at number one, look, it isn't exactly a post, but a pole that got in the way. Look and listen. Wow, the boys took a beating on that one. <laughs> that guy needs a hug. At least he could ice it. <laughs> <laughs> not my commentary. Coming up, he's a key player in the Sharks' historic quest for a maiden NRL premiership. Michael Ennis joins us next.
is the Viking clap on the Mighty Ravens versus the Cronulla Sharks. Let's have some fun on a Saturday night. Maloney, here they come. Oh, the best up. There's a chance for Rapana. Here's another one of the magicians. Rapana will split away. The play is a bit of a journey to Ennis. And no more great pass. Oh. Straight through for Pryor. No sidestep. Pryor's gone over. Pryor offloads. Scooped up by Ennis. Lowers the corner. Sensational game of footy. Brilliant win by the Sharkies, setting up a shot at a premiership that has eluded both the club and this man. Uh, it'd be a great reward for his years of service to the game. Michael Ennis, welcome, and you deserve this as you uh, sit in the chair for the first time. <laughs> Shall we? <laughs> Welcome, mate, finally. Yeah, it's so finally. good to have you here. Hey? Look, can we... It took a change of channel. Exactly right. Been asking for two years. We saw that vision there, and we saw as you were doing the, the clap at the end, celebrating what was an amazing win, great performance from yourself and the team. There was quite a few of the, uh, the Raiders fans in the back giving you the, the finger and very intense. Would you be surprised that we found that we've brought them in? <laughs> Uh, a little. <laughs> I mean, just to the, you know, the, obviously the hard-hitting questions, Ricky Stewart has come out and has been, you know, fairly blunt, saying it was disrespectful of you and it's indicative of your personality. Were you disappointed? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I understand what Ricky's saying. Obviously, at the moment, there's a lot of emotion around the final series. And to be honest, since... And I could be wrong, but from when I grew up in the era that I grew up watching football, which were the years of Ricky Stewart and the Laurie Dalys and Meningas down in Canberra, I don't think rugby league has been like it was on Saturday with the turnout that they've had since they played. Um, so he's looking after his fans, you know, and making sure that, that they then turn up this weekend. But for me personally, um, so much went into... Our week was so disrupted, um, not only losing our skipper, um, then losing Wade uh, Graham early in the game to be down 12 nil and in front of a 26,000-packed um, stadium um, to come back and win that game in the, in the way we did. The emotions just spilled over, mate. It was a bit of... It, what was a bit of light-hearted fun for me has obviously copped a fair bit of backlash, but it's... Um... Yeah, because, because of all of your on-field atrocities, and there have been many, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be low-scale. Low <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> what about the day at the Broncos, and they still talk about it, your sledging, when you pretended to be the referee and you called some of their players, you're offside nine, you're offside yeah. seven, you were chasing through. Can you remember that? Uh, I still do it. <laughs> <laughs> Does it work? I just, I just go with the names now, so it's a bit more formal. Uh, yeah, no, I still get a few blokes from time to time when they're chasing down uh, on a kick chase line, I'll call them out and then they'll pull out and one of our blokes will half go through. <laughs> Who would be someone you've got? And, and... Oh, be honest, it's yeah. got to be totally honest. No, I, I don't remember. I, I did it to one of the Raiders blokes. Valentine Holmes was coming out um, from dummy half the other night and he was going to try and obviously get up and try and knock him over. So I, I called him out and he sort of half pulled out and Valentine sort of <laughs> half went through and then he turned around and he went, hey, 
<laughs> you're a bit old school with that stuff, Mick. Are you a big believer in what happens on the field should stay on the field, whether it's banter or whether it's sledging, whatever it is? Oh, yeah, always, mate. You know, like, it's, it's a different environment, Hoops, you know. Like, um, the person I am away from the footy field is a totally different person, mate. I've said, you know, I said that um, to the one that's on there. So, for me, that, that works. If for other people, you know, whatever works for them. But for me, you know, that's... Yeah, that's how it is. You are one of the nicest guys at Fox Sports. I know after the show we often enjoy egging Tony's car as he drives by. We're in North Queensland way. We were talking about Mad Monday before, and this has become a thing at Fox Sports to bring it on air. If you ever need a costume to go, it surely has to be this guy. If you go, uh, I don't know if we've got it on Mad Monday. I think I sent it to someone earlier. Ah. Uh, American <laughs> Dad. Do you, do you cop that a lot? Because like, you get it at Fox Sports, but is that something that you've no, had recently? No, I, I hadn't seen it a lot, but then someone put a photo up here of me there, and I sort of looked at it and went, that's a bit rich. <laughs> and then I looked, at, I looked up at a couple of things in these episodes, I went, oh, no, fair enough. <laughs> Play on. Uh, Mick, so much congratulations on the win on the weekend. So much of that win reminded me of what the Western Bulldogs in the AFL were able to do. Both of you, both teams without their captain, uh, you know, some late losses towards the end of the regular season, heading into this hostile environment and getting this amazing win and turning the final series absolutely on its head. Are you aware of, you know, other finals that are yeah. happening and, and do you draw any inspiration from Definitely, that? Kel. I actually spoke to my teammates about that on, um, on Friday before we got on the bus. Um, I was driving home on Thursday night um, from picking up my daughter from her dancing and I was listening to the radio and um, I think it was Jude Bolton on, on Triple M um, just saying that he didn't think West Coast were a chance. You know, that obviously... Oh, sorry, he didn't think the Bulldogs were a chance against West Coast with so many people out and, um, and, and the environment that they were heading into. And um, to see how well they played on Thursday night was incredible. And I certainly spoke to our boys about, you know, being in the same boat, you know, just because people think we can't win without Gal or, you know, because, you know, we'd had a, a few disruptions and some guys out with injury. Um, at the end of the day, it came down to our attitude and how we wanted to turn up down there, and we certainly did that. I had a couple of things to show you in terms of celebration that aren't what you did at the weekend. Uh, you've been, I think, this the first is a try-scoring celebration, which I think is uh, absolutely beautiful. Uh, you score the try, here we go. And, uh, <laughs> look, it's a terrific, terrific play. You're so excited about it, you decide to, yeah, get, get in the shop, get in the shop. Yeah. <laughs> you went landscape. Landscape, landscape as well. Yeah. Thank you. In a day, I've heard Jules talk about landscape. <laughs> I had the ball and then I quickly just swung it straight to landscape. <laughs> <laughs> was that your daughter's idea? It was, it was. She's always, uh, we always laugh and joke about some of the um, different post try celebrations, and I said I'd do that if I scored one. I don't score too many, so I thought it might have been my last, so I cashed in. The, the other one I want to show you is, of course, you, your club obviously learns from its mistakes uh, when players who are being sent off or whatever, the, the run through the banner. Now, John Morrison family struggled. He was the lesson looked for. Very, very tough. So, here we go with you. You can uh -oh. see the perforations already, and... Wow! Absolutely perfect. Nailed it. Oh, my what little about daughter the terrified. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. What about the famous Ennis the Menace banner they used to have up on the hill? Someone said you just loved it and almost wanted to, to keep it. Yeah, I know, mate. It was more, um, you know, when I played at St George, I remember running out one day and seeing it up on the hill and had a little chuckle to myself. And, and then I left St George and a couple of uh, months later when I, I, I got down there with the Broncos, um, I was walking out of the sheds and there was a few kids waiting for things to be signed and there was a guy there politely in the corner just said, mate, I've, I've got the sign for you, would you, would you like? I said, yeah, bloody earth I would. And um, so it's in the garage and 
just waiting to um, waiting for when it's all over. I'll put all those things up, and yeah, it'll be a great memory. Do you uh, do you win? Do the Sharks do it? Nine and sixty-seven. Obviously, that's not all your history, but you're now part of it at this pointy end. Yeah, I oh, mate. I'm just you know. One, I'm really grateful that I get this opportunity in my final year. But more importantly, I've, I've been in situations where I've played in prelims and looked too far ahead. And, and they're, they're worse losing a prelim than they are making, like missing the finals, I reckon. I reckon they just break your heart at a prelim because you know how special the, and how close it is. Um, so, mate, I, I'm, I'm fully focused on, on just trying to win this game against either Brisbane or, or the Cowboys, whoever it is. Um, we know where we're playing. We know what time we're playing. And... We're going to build our preparation to make sure we're ready. What about right. on a personal note, Mick? Why have you been able to play your career best football over the back end of your, of your career since you joined the Sharks? Yeah, I think it was a fair bit of motivation there, Hoops, to be honest. I, um, I felt like um, the style of football I played at the back end of Canterbury um, certainly wasn't um, the type of footy player that I always felt I was. And when I got to uh, Cronulla, I had a really good chat with Shane as soon as I got there and, and the amount of confidence he gave me uh, and the style of football that he wanted me to play from dummy half just made it, it rejuvenated me and I, I've, I've absolutely and loved it there. It's working absolutely be beautiful. We know the kind of man you are and the kind of player you are. You. We wish you all the best uh, for this <laughs> season. Thanks and for having me. Yeah, well, you'll be back. <laughs> you'll be back. Michael Ennis, there he goes. Here we go. <laughs> 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 Welcome back. Like Australian sport and television, streak is largely ignored by the cameras in the NFL. But commentator Kevin Harlan, well, he still made this moment spectacular. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, they got him. Here comes coming the blue from coat. The oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Oh, that was the most exciting thing to happen tonight. <laughs> so brilliant with those pictures as well. Well, almost as iconic as Normie Mays. It's just so good. Great Time for our table tennis rally of the week. You didn't know we had that, did you? But we do. Here it is. This is just brilliant. I'm not sure if this is an exhibition, but this guy in the red is working particularly hard. Just watch. Goes again. He's got, I've got an inkling he really wants to do the lap of the table, uh, but he hasn't got there yet. Here he goes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And he gives up. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Time now for our champ of the week. You know what? I've gone for fans. These supporters of the Dutch side ADO Den Haag showered visitors from a children's hospital with cuddly toys. And the supporters were told the kids uh, from a Rotterdam children's hospital would be there sitting below. Naturally, the fans of home team Feyenoord then stood to applaud the effort. Just feel the love all around. Sally, that's where the love has to end here, though. Thank you very much for your company and thank you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This has been a production of Fox Sports.